Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. ounces to freedom 40 days and 40 nights 40 episodes of the fantasy football rpg podcast wild ride thus far since we began this project a little over a year ago and i'm excited to say that we are entering into a little bit of a new era of the podcast what started as a project between Evan, Eric, and I has now expanded into a fourth key member of the show. I would like to welcome aboard Mike Kashuba, or FF Mike Cash, as you may know him from his last word on sports articles or being a previous guest of this show. Or seeing him around in RPG leagues and non-RPG leagues alike. We would like to welcome Mike into the fold, joining the RPG team as a full-fledged co-host. I think it's pretty clear from everything Mike talks about, writes about, that he's got a good head on his shoulders for this kind of thing. And I'm excited to have his voice joined alongside ours giving his opinions and insights into football and fantasy football. So welcome in, Mike. I'm sure you're going to do a great job. And to commemorate Mike joining the team, this episode will be a continuation of our division tour, division town, I don't know, (laughs) one of those, but a continuation into that series where Mike and I are going to review the NFC East, formerly known as the NFC Least. It now seems like it's the NFC Beast, but we're going to go through such teams as the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Washington Commanders, I guess. But it's sure to be a great show, and... Excited to dive on in and hear what Mike has to say about what is probably the most exciting division in the NFC. Y'all know what comes next, that juicy Spotify for Podcasters ad that you all know and love. As always, thank you very, very, very much for listening to the show. 
and enjoy the podcast. should be rocking and rolling i've used these before and they've been solid how are they right now i'm hearing you real good now okay sweet i was a little worried for a second because it changed your octave like one up so i thought i was just gonna <laughs> listen to the mickey mouse version of you the whole pod <laughs> that'd be kind of entertaining i guess it'd be funny for me i don't know if it'd be good for the listeners <laughs> i mean as long as that put you in a good mood and that translated to your performance on the podcast yeah. i feel like that's a win-win yeah, well, I'm I'm always ready to perform. So, all right. Well, uh, welcome aboard, man. I feel like I should have some champagne or something to clink you with. Yeah. Well, I have uh, some screwball peanut butter whiskey and Ooh, yeah, uh, and a Vizzy. So, what's a Vizzy? It's like a a cheaper version of a White Claw. Okay. Well, great to have you on the show. You know, just just coming on here a lot more and talking shop because. One thing I've learned about you is you know your stuff, so I want to get more of that out there. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I uh bit of a nerd, and then that, that carried over into football by accident, so things are good. I feel that. Speaking of nerd, uh, I spent the majority of my weekend playing the uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales game. Have you checked that out? It's so good. So good, dude. I love that game. All the Spider-Men... Some of the PlayStation like exclusives that I'm sure they're like leaning into PC now are just amazing. Between that, God of War, I recently started playing uh, Ratchet and Clank, which is awesome. I just beat it yesterday. That, that Rift Apart. Yep, Rift Apart. I am. I just freed Pierre the pirate. So cool. It's really good. It's just man, I wanted more. Like I wanted it to be another like ten hours or so. <laughs> I could see that. But yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like we're playing the same kind of stuff right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. Uh, I just got that like upgraded PS Plus or whatever that came with like all the yep. game collection stuff. So I've been like working my way through those basically. That's why I'm playing that right now. And I think, so I've never played a Final Fantasy game, but I I heard about them and they're all for free on there. So. Oh yeah. Nice. All right. I'm excited to hear how that progresses. Final Fantasy is a yeah. weird kind of uh, rabbit hole to fall into because they're very weird games, but they're good. Like they're very good games, um, but okay. they're very Japanese, like very, very Japanese RPG. Yeah, I could see that. Apparently, I was reading about it. It says the like kind of like system changes. So it goes from having RPG and turn based and then all of a sudden it like kind of morphs into a better version of that where it's like more like uh, assassin's creed in the later versions but mm -hmm. yeah they they like sit, they tend to like alternate almost it's like turn base and then the next one will be like that uh yeah that um what's it called like action kind of uh, mm -hmm. uh fast-paced action sort of thing yeah um so yeah it definitely changes up quite a bit which is cool uh because it doesn't get boring that way um, you know what is kind of getting boring though is uh waiting for DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook to land on teams. Oh man, I 
keep seeing things pop up about DeAndre Hopkins, like, oh, he's visiting with this team, he's visiting with this team. And when he gave his list of terms, he's like, I want to sign with a good quarterback, I want to be on a team that's contending. But then he's visiting the Titans and the Patriots. Like, those aren't the same thing, big dog. It's so strange, right? Like, is do you think that he's not getting invites from more, like, competitive teams? And this kind of, like, what he's having to settle for? I think... So I saw this kind of like thread on Twitter the other day. Is DeAndre Hopkins a top five receiver in the league? And some guys were like bashing the table. They're like, yes, he's top five. It's stupid to think otherwise. And then there's the whole other side of the argument that's like, dude, I don't even know if he's top 25 anymore. Like, Ooh. do you want all that drama just for hop? Yeah, he's on the wrong side of 30, right? Yeah. And where where do you sit in that? Do you? If you had to pick top five or outside, five, I don't, I don't know if I could do top five. I think that I could, I, I'd probably land within the top ten. Sounds right, but maybe towards that maybe. back back end. For I don't this know. year, maybe. Uh, it really depends on where he goes, though, right? Yeah, for sure. So that'll be interesting. Like you said, though, I mean, Titans, Pats, like cheese when when this all sort of unfolding i think i said it on the pod i didn't really see a whole lot of landing spots that i would view like right away as a downgrade from going like from the cardinals because mm-hmm. that like terrible situation they're in kyler not might even might not even play this year um mm-hmm. so i was like yeah anywhere he goes is like an upgrade for his value <laughs> but those are like the two spots yep. The Titans and the Patriots are the two spots that I actually don't think that's the case. Yeah, let me let me go to a run-heavy team with a bad quarterback. D-hop to the moon. Jeez, yeah, no, exactly. In both cases. Yeah, as you start looking at Cook, everyone's pointing to Miami. Everyone thinks he's going to Miami. If you had to choose right now, is it Miami or is it the field? Oh, man, Miami's a good spot, it feels like. Um, mm-hmm. I would I would like him there fantasy wise. I think he's a good fit. It kind of tanks my A chain uh shares a little yeah. bit. But um no, I think that's a good spot. I think the only other like kind of honey spot landing spot that I really liked, and this is kind of also has like a, a drama uh aesthetic pinged to it, is is the uh the Bills just to go play with his brother. Okay. Yeah, that would be fun. I think it'd be fun. They're high scoring, right? They, I think that they've never really had a, a running back of, of that caliber with Josh Allen. So it'd be interesting to see how that unfolds. But no, I think Miami or the Bills for me are probably the spots. Do you have anything else in mind? No, I, I think those two are great. I think I could see the Chiefs or the Bengals just trying to load up on firepower. Mm-hmm. It's just another quality player you can add for cheap that can give you a weapon that other teams don't have. And even if they're just playing keep away from division rivals or from other competitors, it's keeping Cook away from them. So, Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the the pivotal word there you said is cheap. Like, it, what it sounds like is he doesn't want to go anywhere cheap. Like, he wants to make a good amount of money on a couple-year couple deal. And it, it just, at, at the end of the day, Dalvin, buddy, if you're listening, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the landscape is kind of against you, my friend. I think you might have to to settle here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I want to get paid a million dollars and just podcast on fantasy football, but, you know, we'll do hey. it for free for now. <laughs> that would be, yeah, exactly. That would be great. Um, Maybe you're right, though. Maybe he goes to one of the teams that do seem like 
more Super Bowl caliber contender teams because, you know, if he's not going to make what he wants to make, at least he has a chance for a Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe that's something for him. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Well, yeah, I just wanted to give that up to update. I mean, lack of update. Um, I, I kind of touched on them last week, uh, and there was really nothing to update then and kind of continues into this week. The other, the other, only other thing I really want to touch on in terms of like just vast news out there uh, is the fun little minute long drama that Stefan Diggs put us through yesterday yeah. by not showing up to mandatory minicamp and having everyone go, what's going on? Well, it's fine. It's fine. He's back in minicamp. Everything's good. Apparently, apparently the situation's resolved. So nothing to worry about there. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's a superstar wide receiver who loves the attention and he found a way to get a little bit more attention. So here that's all there is to say about it. Really? He'll be fine. It'll buff. You have any get? Oh, whoa. You just showed up. That's so crazy. Hey, what's up? Fix my camera mid pod. Hello, everybody. (laughs) You scared me a little (laughs) bit. I thought something was happening. That someone was patching in. Uh, Okay, yeah, I mean, okay, what I was going to ask, though, do you have any guesses as to what it was, that day-long absence? I have absolutely no idea. Like, it could be everything from trying to get girls into hotel rooms to trying to take care of some off the field. Maybe maybe he had to get his car inspected. You know, it's Mm -hmm. that time of year. Go get your cars inspected, folks. That way you don't miss minicamp. Hey, that, yeah, I mean, he he basically just did it a day late. If he did it the day before, that would have been really proactive. We would have really liked that. But yeah. uh, my pet theory is he wants to wear the number 100. And he's <laughs> really mad <laughs> at his team for not letting him, even though they've explained over and over again that that's not a number that you can wear. I think he still yep. wants that. but And he just he can't get it. I mean, he is him, according to himself. So yeah, uh, he can do whatever he wants. He wants to win 100% of games. That's what the 100 symbolizes. Me too, brother. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's anything really else. I, I kind of preface it in previous episodes where like, yeah, there's OTAs and there's minicamp and it's all buzzy. And I just, I don't know if any of it, if we started going through it, that would be the whole podcast. Like, I don't know if any of it is mm-hmm. substantial enough to really talk about. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you want to get into before we hit Division Town. No, I mean, I, I scrolled through some of the OTA and camp hype for as we're talking about the NFC East and some some big points for the commanders mainly. But uh, the only other thing is it's a dynasty podcast and Bijan Robinson practiced with the wide receivers today. So he's got he's so amazing. I, oh. I have a man crush on Bijan. You love to so. see that. You love to see that. That's awesome. The dream, the dream. Uh, I love that whole chord with Bijan, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. It's just such a trifecta of awesome. And then you have Desmond Mitter, <laughs> right? Right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle for Mitter. Desmond Mitter. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's just so tough because you want to be excited about those weapons, and you just you can't. So badly. But but if we want to get into some of these guys, they're – there are some good quarterbacks in the NFC East. There are some good weapons in the NFC East. So if you want to kick yes. us off, let's get into it. Let's do it. Well, actually, right before that, I did just get a blurb that Carson Wentz is currently in Tampa and is looking to sign with a team in Florida. So <laughs> will he be QB1 for the Buccaneers? 
did you see the video of him and Kyle Tra- of Baker and Kyle Trask? Uh, they should be they should be holding open tryouts. They should be calling you and me to see if we can throw it to Oh, Kansas. them throwing. Yep. But yeah. uh, I I think Wentz, Baker. I think both of them are still talented ish. But Baker is better at winning a locker room and like winning his teammates over. So I'd rather just have Baker mm. and stick to it than bring in a guy like Carson, who's been known to be a locker room cancer and mm. be just a problem. That makes sense to me. Okay. Without yep. further ado, let's dive in. Uh, we are we are still on tour here. I keep gravitating between calling it a divisional tour and going to Division Town. I don't think any really like either one makes sense, but I'm just going to keep saying them until they do. So uh, going on tour through division town, finishing out the NFC. And uh, we have Mr. Mike here on the pod to uh, talk NFC East. And uh, honestly, maybe the best division here. So uh, excited to have you on this one, man. You kind of gave a cringe when I said that. I mean, the, the AFC North is the best division in football, and I will hear no qualms about it. But the NFC East is close, second or third. Although, here's the thing with the NFC East is they go back and forth every single year. Like, two years ago, it was a dumpster fire. Last year, they were all juggernauts. This year, can we see one or two teams go back to being a dumpster fire, and it's just an easy win for the Eagles or Cowboys? They, they are a little flip-floppy. It was literally last year when they came into the season being called the NFC least. And suddenly they completely flipped the script. But let's get into another team that's real flippy-floppy right off the bat here with the Dallas Cowboys, man, because they are the definition of that, it feels like, with their flippy-floppiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, one week it looks like they are easy favorites in the division. The next week it looks like, oh, my God, they're so broken. They are getting beat. <laughs> by nobody's out there what is going on they scored three points um Mm -hmm. so they're weird and they do a couple of things in the offseason that i mean they sign brandon cooks they get rid of zeke um they lose schultz they draft another tight end they're kind of making you know little pitter patter moves all over the place um but i think when you look back at it and you say yeah brandon cooks was their big acquisition doesn't super thrill me um but do you have a beat on wide receiver two for them is it going to be cooks or will michael gallup still be a thing yeah so if you are asking me which receiver is going to play more snaps and get more targets i think it's michael gallup he has more time in the offense he has already built rapport with Dak. the only reason that he was bad the last couple of years was a torn acl and the first year coming back from a torn acl which we've seen it takes guys a little bit of time to get back cooks Pun very much intended, looked cooked last year. He just didn't look good. And we saw it with the Allen Robinson thing. We're all like, oh, he's checked out. He's still super talented. Cooks were saying the exact same thing. We're like, oh, he just looked like checked out. He's still super talented. And I'm just not falling for it again. So give me the guy that's been in the offense, has shown he can perform, and is, you know, butt buddies with the quarterback. I feel that. Yeah. No, I I like that take. And I'm with you. I'm I'm a Michael Gallup truther uh, till the end. (laughs) So uh, I, I have him yeah. on a lot of teams. I would love to see him have a resurgence. The Brandon Cooks buy was like a little bit like, oh, no, what does that mean? And then the more and more you look at it, you're like, all right, well, Brandon Cooks is almost 30. Uh, he, he had a bad year, albeit with the Texans, but uh, mm-hmm. he's getting to that age range regardless. He's, see, he's seen so many teams, man. I struggle to think of another wide receiver that has seen as many teams as Brandon Cooks. 
I think that he almost has set the record for the most trades that a player's been involved in. It's like off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone else. It really feels like it. I can't think of anyone else that comes close. Yeah, that's <laughs> it gets weird. But <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I I like that take. Next one I had on here, um, talking a little bit Tony Pollard, because I don't know. I think I think you're a you're a Tony Pollard fan, right? No, you're not. I'm frowning. I'm shaking my head. Uh, so Tony Pollard. Oh no. I I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. He is a little undersized. He's coming off of a broken leg. He's never had more, I want to say more than 200 touches going back to like high school, including college. Like he has not had that many touches. So he just hasn't had or displayed the ability to carry the workload. So maybe that shows he has fresh legs, but like he doesn't have fresh legs. He just shattered one of them. So he's currently going as the RB9 in redraft and in best ball and 21 overall. Like that is too high for me. And I also am just going to fade the Cowboys as a whole a little bit because Kellen Moore's gone, who has unlocked that offense. I don't trust Mike McCarthy without a Hall of Fame quarterback, and I don't know if Dak is that. So what do you what do you think? Is Pollard right spot, too high? Yeah, I mean, uh, before you said RB9, I, I was in the camp of I still like Pollard um, because I liked him every time he was on the field and Zeke wasn't, and he went off for a million yards and three touchdowns. Um, RB9 21 overall that that has me a little I'm raising my one eyebrow and then my other eyebrow um I don't I don't think I would buy him that highly and so if that's where you have to get him I would also be out on him um I like him on dynasty leagues where I already have him because it felt like he was in a good value spot uh previously before you know Zeke was impending doom but yeah, for a for a startup, that's that's steep. So that's surprising to see, actually. And then there's another just issue with Pollard in general is that the Cowboys are one of those teams like Jerry Jones loves to add star power, big names, splash signings. What does that sound like? A veteran running back. So he could bring in a Leonard Fournette. He could bring a Dalvin Cook. He could bring a Kareem Hunt. Like he could find somebody mm-hmm. that's going to eat in a Pollard's workload. And now we're just talking about Pollard as the change of pace back again. And he's been excellent in that role, but his efficiency has to die down at some point. I, I don't like that. I think you just spoke Dalvin Cook to the Cowboys into existence because that feels really real now. He's looking for a big payday. He's looking to be famous. He's looking that star on the helmet. Oh, no. That's Jerry Jones written all over it. That's oh, man. Jerry Jones. No. You heard it here first, Dalvin Cook to the Cowboys. That's Jerry Jones music, dude. I hear it. I hear it. That he could totally do yep. that. That's actually a little scary. Okay. Okay. That's 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 some good insight. Well, you you touched on Dak. You said he wasn't a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think I'm with you where he he certainly hasn't showed that to me uh quite yet. But in terms of rankings, I think I had him on uh, on keep trade cut. He is quarterback 16 in a startup which seems a little low to me uh but i wanted to ask you uh in terms of where he's valued right now underrated overrated or just right the the old goldilocks equation yeah just just shooting from the hip like i just did a dynasty quarterback rankings i think that's a little too low uh but if you go back and you look at his games played in the last four years so four years ago he played all 16 then he suffered a, you know the injury to his ankle only played five. 
Then he played all 16. Then he played 12. So like, if he follows that like back and forth thing, he should play all 16 again this year. And then next year he's in trouble. So mm. this year, I think I'm in on him. And there's zero process behind that he was hurt every other year. It's just, I think it's funny. I'm going to say 16 is a little too low. But with Kellen Morgan, again, like I'm just worried about this offense as a whole. Like I do not trust Mike McCarthy. So if you can sell Dak for a quarterback you do believe in plus something, I would try it. So uh, with that ranking in mind, he would be behind the top three rookie QBs. How do you feel about that? Bad. I One of them clearly has a starting job. And as like, I would put Anthony Richardson in front of him because I'm just rabid for the guy. I think that he's amazing and he's going to set the world on fire. But first round quarterbacks have a 50% hit rate. So if you have a 50% chance of them busting, I would rather have the guy that I know has a job than the guys that might have a job. Here's a more, here's a closer one. Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott. You're asking a Steelers fan to rate a Browns player with off the field issues. That's fair. But if I put all of that, if I put all of that aside, I do think Deshaun Watson is more talented, younger, and in a better system that's going to take care of him, which is hilarious to say about the Browns. So Deshaun Watson. It sounds like a joke, but you're totally serious and I understand why. Uh, okay. Yep. Uh, sound, sounds good. And then... So, so you you're saying before you're staying, you're pretty much staying away from the Cowboys for for fantasy. Yep. Even the passing game, like even you're you're not in on Lamb. So, I uh, I think I am. I'm in on all of them to a certain extent. I do think that CD is too talented to fade completely, and then I do think that, that offense loves to funnel passes to the tight end, regardless of who it is. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about who is going to inherit the Dalton Schultz role, like. Whoever that is, is going to finish as a top 12 tight end. I just could not tell you who it is between Luke Schumacher, Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson. Like there are all of these guys that are just floating around and maybe Hendershot if I had to pick one, but I would just not pick any, wait until week four, pick one up off of waivers, trade them for a third round pick later in the year. I almost feel like it's going to be the the last guy you would think. I feel like it's going to be Sean McKeon. I think it's going to be their fourth string tight end. I just named three guys and I was like super happy about that. I have no idea who or what a Sean Keon is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I mean, he went to Michigan. And that's only because I'm looking at his his player page. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? So do you think that the offense has some value with it? Or do you think that star on the side of the helmet is kind of like pushing these players up regardless of losing their OC? I still think there's value there. The The OC is real. I think that's damaging. Um, I hope that they've taken some of what Kellen Moore did to heart and that they'll sort of at least keep some of that in mind. I'm I'm expecting not – I don't have as high hopes, I would say, uh, this season with that in mind. But I still think there there's something – there's something about that wide receiver too. And maybe it is the star on the helmet thing, but it just seems attractive to – figure out who that wide receiver two is for the Cowboys and grab him. Um, the tight end though, I think, I don't know if I can maybe top 12, maybe 12 out of 12 is where I'd have whatever Cowboys tight end emerges uh, falling. But I, this also might just be gross, man. It might just be 
nasty grossness. Every week has a different tight end. You kind of saw it last year, even when Schultz was on the team, there are those hinder shot weeks where you're like, who, what, what's a, like, what, what is that? And uh, so I, I think that could happen, uh, especially without that. Like it's super open. Like that, that job is just a big wide open shoe to fill. So could be, could be some, some multiple feet in the same shoe. That sounds gross. I don't like that. I shouldn't have said that. I never say that again. That's, uh, uh, I mean, we're like fishing for sponsors right now. So like Vizzy, if you're listening to this, I'm going to cold call you this week. Uh, but if you say things like shoes in the same feet, we're, we're going to be hurting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like la- last thing on the Cowboys before we move on to this next team, I think the biggest value that can be had on the Cowboys right now is the backup running back to Tony Pollard because we don't know who that is. And in best ball redraft and even in dynasty, nobody knows. Do you think it's Malik Davis? Do you think it's Deuce Vaughn? Do you think it's Ronald Jones? Do you think they bring in a veteran? Ronald, Ronald frickin' Jones, dude. <laughs> what a career arc. Hanging around. Um, I, I think it's probably most likely Malik Davis um, or they bring in a guy. Uh, that, that also seems very likely. I think Dalvin cook again, just, it sounds right. It sounds true. Uh, so, uh, keeping that in mind, I, I think it's Malik Davis. He showed a little bit, uh, of some juice last year. He's, he's, you know, coming into a second year. Uh, so I would trust him to take the job more than I, I mean, Ronald Jones hasn't shown me anything I'm worried about. And Deuce Vaughn, I think will be like a good gadgety, like, throw him out there once in a while to try to get a home run type of play could have some best ball value, but I don't think he's a guy that you're going to bank on having a bunch of touches and remain alive. I'm same page with you all the way. I think the reason they felt comfortable letting Zeke go is because they saw something in Malik Davis. So I think that's all there is to say at this point, it's Malik Davis, Ronald Jones, Deuce Vaughn in that order until it's Dalvin cook time. So Stay tuned. Well then, let's let's move on here because I think I think we've talked to the Cowboys. Uh, I, actually, what about the defense? Did the defense change at all? They they drafted a couple guys, but nothing too highly. A little better, but not enough that it's going to affect the pace of play or the offense. Okay, like when you go from the number, I think off the top of the head, like I think they were like top fifteen defense last year. Now they might be like top ten, but like more like eight to ten range than anything else. It doesn't matter. Suddenly a really good defense plus Kellen Moore leaving might have me wavering slightly, but if it's kind of the same ish caliber, then mm-hmm. probably nothing to worry about. And uh yep. so yeah, let's let's move on here. Going to the big apple, hitting up the New York Giants. The big topic here, I think, is the recent drama surrounding Saquon Barkley. And I want to get your beat on it because based on recent trade discussions that you and I have had, uh, I would suspect that you view Barkley as pretty good at football. Uh, I actually, I know that from firsthand experience. Uh, he went to our rival high school. Uh, I tackled him once. Whoa. He didn't get a full head of steam. Yeah, I played defensive end. I like hit him as he was getting the handoff. So it was like super easy. He ended up going for like 200 yards and six touchdowns. Wait, wait, wait. But- you clocked Saquon Barkley? No, no, no. Very lightly hugged him to the ground. You but... dragged Saquon Barkley <laughs> to the floor 
and you sat on him? He was a junior. I was a senior. He put, he weighed like 160, and he was still a fiend. Bro, I cannot believe you pancake Saquon Barkley. Yeah, just manhandled him, and now I'm. the Cowboys are calling me. They need help on the defense. <laughs> They're calling you the Giant uh, Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, that's Boston Scott. But as we talk about what Barkley's going to look like moving forward, I, I still think he's great at football. It's very easy for a player to say they're going to hold out in June. But with the running back market the way it is, it, he's not going to get much more money than the tag. And he's not going to get many more years than what he's already getting. So I think he'd be silly to not take the $10 million and at least have a job for this year. So I actually traded for him. I'm pulling this up in RPG Demons. Shout out Wally. He's my boy. Uh, Preston. This, in yeah, real life this trade i know the trade you you uh you had a pillage party here it's barkley who preston is worried about him holding out he's worried about him not playing and if barkley doesn't play this year i look like an absolute goober and judy and a 24 first for preston's boy desmond ritter Traylon burks who is everyone's breakout candidate kendra miller who is in the RB3 conversation for this class. And then LaVisca Chenault is just kind of like a throw-in gadget guy. We'll see what he does. So I'm a believer in Barkley. I think he plays this year. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you right now, I am also a Barkley believer. I think I let you know that I have him as a... I don't know if I couched you in on him being a top three for me, but I think I at least said top five. Uh, that's where I see him finishing. I'm not worried. I think that it's really hard for a player to sit out uh, in, in today's football, uh, based on how the NFLPA handled that, that whole debacle. Um, it, it's increasingly difficult to do that, to actually sit out in games, you lose a lot of money and then your future year is also kind of jeopardized. So I think he'll play. I'll say right here, right now, that trade is such a smash for you. I looked at it and I was like, oh boy, Mike just got a huge upgrade uh because you know i think when you speak it all out it it makes a little more sense to me especially because i know that preston likes desmond ritter i don't so that's my personal bias in there uh and you know kendra miller like you said could be rb3 i think that is very much still up in the air but could very well be rb3 but yeah man with what you got i think the the first down to judy uh with with saquon on top it was just check 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 like mike just uh mike just went to town there yeah but so if if desmond ritter becomes the starting quarterback for the atlanta falcons for the next 10 years and is throwing yeah. to pitts and mariota and or pitts and mariota pitts in london and has the rushing upside that he does like sure. not a bad trade for preston uh so go get your guys it's a very gambly trade and if if one or two, if two of those gambles pay off, then he might have actually raked you over the coals. Like we might look back yep. and say, oh, no, actually Preston just completely decimated <laughs> Mike in this trade based on what happened. Yeah. But uh, if he, if one of those guys ends up working out, I think it's a little more uh, of a fair situation, but just face value, value wise, I think specifically for this year, I think he destroyed it. And I think when I punched it into keep trade cut, you were like, 15,000 points of value over. I I used to use keep trade cut. This is a complete aside. Yeah. I 
it's useless. And the only reason I ever it use is. it is to be like, hey, man, look, I'm overpaying for your guys. When, like, I don't believe that three Ronald Jones equals a Tony Pollard. But sure, here's here's seven nickels. Give me a dollar. Yeah. The, the trade calculator used to be kind of cool, but now I think there's just so many people using it uh, with an obvious like age bias going in uh, that it's it's less useful. I like to use it for the rankings just to be like, this is where a large segment of the fantasy community views these players like just ranked back to back. And then I like to sort of punch holes in it uh, just for logical talking points. But that's about all it's used yeah. for these days. Yeah. Uh, you want to you want to get back into the the New York Giants and everyone's we really top should five quarterback. We really should uh, do, do, top top five quarterback. No, oh, no. Uh, My heart Dan, skipped a beat. Daniel Jones. Uh, I made a. I don't know if you saw this, so I, I tweeted out like, "Is Daniel Jones closer to the top ten than we think?" And somehow, like, all sorts of people caught wind of it. Everyone started retweeting it. It started like going viral, and it ended up with like almost a million views and most of it was just people being like what this is garbage but when you think about it daniel jones finished as the quarterback what nine last year without looking it up name four giants wide receivers from last year isaiah hodgins richie james who they added so they added isaiah hodgins halfway through the year from the bills okay do i get a half point for that then i'll I'll give you i'll give you a full point but isaiah hodgins richie james Richie what, James. When was Richie James drafted? Uh, <laughs> was he Couldn't drafted? Tell <laughs> was he <Don't> drafted? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I can do this. I can do this. Uh, Sterling Shepard, always on the team, but never out there. Did he play? <laughs> I don't think so, but it counts, I think. <laughs> He's on the team. Um, three. Uh, I got this. Uh, Wandale Robinson. Did he play? He tore his ACL. So uh, you. <laughs> You you named four receivers. One of them only played half the year. One of them only played a couple of games. Like there, he was throwing to literal practice squad players and making them there, useful. Like I, who are there other guys? Darius Slayton, who oh Darius Slayton at times. Yeah. But the point of the matter is, when we talk about these quarterbacks and making their big jump, like Josh Allen made the big leap when he added Stephon Diggs. Like Jalen Hurts made the big leap when they added. Devontae Smith in year two and AJ Brown, which now looks like a steal of a trade. The um, basically quarterbacks make these big jumps unless they're Patrick Mahomes if they get weapons, which is why Daniel Jones just needs a big weapon. And if Darren Waller is that question mark, he could make another big jump. So do you think Darren Waller's that guy? And do you think Daniel Jones makes the jump? Darren Waller is a guy I like quite a bit, especially for this season. Uh, but he carries that big old tag of it just says like on sale due to injury on it. Um, I just it's it's very perplexing with him because we've seen the flashes where I mean, I don't I don't think too far I far back to see him as like the top four tight end uh, that he was a couple years ago. Uh, he was being seen with those guys. He was being seen as possible like one, two, three with like him and Kelsey and Andrews at one point. So he he's immensely talented. He can be fed targets and he probably will be. It's just that stupid injury situation that you really, you can't bank on necessarily, but you you saw him go down with it uh, pretty badly last year. So you, you just have to, it makes you cautious. But if you want to win 
fantasy leagues, you have to sort of throw caution to the wind in, in some cases. And on teams that I'm trying to win this year, Darren Waller is one of my number one targets. Uh, whether it's a startup or a trade, I, I want Darren Waller this year uh, because if he doesn't get injured, he's going to be a top three tight end. Um, and when you translate that into Daniel Jones, um, Daniel Jones gets a weapon. Should he finish better than QB nine? Logically, yeah, he should. He's got a weapon now. So if if Barkley doesn't hold out and and he has Waller, uh, Daniel Daniel Jones could be. I think when I when I think about the other QBs, a seven eight finish makes a lot of sense to me. I could see that happen. Um, with that in mind, do you agree? There's like kind of a thing going around the dynasty community. There's like an elite seven for dynasty QBs in like a startup. And I can list them real quick uh, if you want, but it's Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, Jackson. Those are usually the top seven picks in a, in a super flex startup. Um, so that's why they're kind of being known as this elite seven. What are the chances you think of Daniel Daniel Jones making it a elite eight situation. So as far as his value and how it's going to be carried in the market, I do not think Daniel Jones is ever going to reach that point because the memes are too funny. Nobody wants to give the guy credit. And even if he finishes as a, you know, quarterback six this year, they're still going to be the, Oh, he only did it because of Dayball. Like, Oh, he only did it because of this, but like, he can keep just doing it for those reasons and continue to be useful for fantasy, but he's not going to be treated the way that some of those, we'll, we'll call them like sexier picks are. Like you can see ESPN in the morning showing Herbert like holding a defender with one arm and throwing a 65 yard pass with the other as it hits Keenan Allen in the face mask and just shoves itself in. Like that's the thing that Herbert does, but Daniel Jones trips over his own feet at the 15 yard line. So is that what it is? Do you think I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that that is that is what it is? It is that one play he is now known for that. Did Mark Sanchez? I, obviously, his career didn't go great, but the butt fumble happened. Do you know what Mark Sanchez did after that? He's the only guy that I think I think he beat Tom Brady more times than anybody else in the playoffs. Do you care? Butt fumble. Butt fumble tripped over his own feet at the fifteen yard line. Let me. I'm going to list. So when you're looking for these top five uh, or even like this elite seven, I guess, for quarterbacks, all of them carry some kind of rushing upside or are tied to elite weapons between, you know, Burrow with Higgins and Chase. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through the top rushers in 2022 for quarterbacks. Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones. And how many... How many more yards do you think Lamar Jackson at second overall had than Daniel Jones? Oh, I well, I feel like it can't be much, especially since he got hurt. Um, two hundred yards, or 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 even Josh, two hundred. Yeah, two hundred yards. Fifty-four. Whew. Sorry, my math is wrong. Fifty-six. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I know he rushed a ton, man, and it's sneaky too. People don't understand, like. They'll even watch games. I remember specific games where Daniel Jones would tuck and run five or six plays in a row for like 70 yards and just march it upfield. And then people still, after that game, would go, yeah, this guy sucks. It's like, I, 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 don't, I don't get <laughs> yeah. it. I don't, I don't see it. Uh, <laughs> He's throwing to nobodies. 
He has rushing upside. If this offense continues to get better, and like I think it will with Jalen Hyatt, I think it will with Darren Waller. Like I think there are noticeable upgrades in this system going into this year. Daniel Jones could finish as a top five quarterback, but I'm gonna say it real lightly because I'm worried about saying that out loud. <laughs> you feel like you'll <laughs> invoke some sort of curse, which will just appear behind you, say, "How dare you say that?" Well, this is a kind of interesting thing because you list all the weapons and the fact that yeah, he has Waller now. Why isn't this a DeAndre Hopkins landing spot? Well, because he wants to play with a good quarterback, and Daniel Jones tripped over his own feet at the 15 yard line, so he's right, not a good right, quarterback. Right. And Mac Jones is so right. And I mean, Ryan Tannehill is just like chef's kiss. You love yeah, him. Yeah, love to see him. Elite, elite. Okay. No, I, I think it's a, definitely a D Hop landing spot. Definitely, I could see a veteran running back coming in as a either a backup to Saquon or even just like, hey Saquon, we don't need you to come in from your tag. We have this guy. That would that would be spicy. That'd be interesting. Yep. Okay. Uh, anything else on the Giants? I think that about covers them from a fantasy perspective. Real quick, wide receivers. Rank these three for yeah. just this year. Wandale Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodgins. Robinson, Hodgins, Hyatt, I think. I could see Hyatt flip into two but I think Hodgins showed a little something last year. I actually think it's like very clearly Hodgins, Hyatt Robinson. Oh, just with ACL tear coming back. And Hodgins showed, I don't know what he was doing on a practice squad to begin with, but he just like makes the right football play over and over again. Yeah. And if you stretch out his like stretch with the Giants to a full season, I think he would have finished somewhere in the top, at least 36, probably top 24. So when did uh, Wandale tear his ACL was it pretty late it was early enough that he's going to play probably week one of this year but late enough that he's going to have he's worried about lingering injuries just some like yeah just a little bit of problems coming in but yeah I think that's it for the Giants you want to get to our next team yes and this is probably I mean this is going to be the most interesting to talk about most likely uh or maybe not just because with how good they are what what is there to really talk about with the Philadelphia Eagles I think it's going to be very boring. I'm going to give you all of my thoughts, and it's probably going to hit everything that you have right here on our show notes. But it's Hertz has an argument to be the number one quarterback taken in redraft, and he's the youngest of the quarterbacks who can go number one. So he could be the dynasty quarterback one, but don't take rushing quarterbacks as your dynasty one because they age out quickly. Swift and Penny, whichever one is healthy. Put them in your lineups if the other one's hurt. Otherwise, it's going to be gross and scary. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard are the only three people that receive targets on that team. It's perfect for fantasy. They all get funneled. like It's like 28, 28, 28, like, and then just like little sprinkles to Quez Watkins and the running back. So I think each of them is very useful as long as they stay healthy. And I think... The Eagles, they're going to get the value boost because everybody is realizing that they're good. So if you want them, you got to take them early. There's no, like, you're not going to gain value because they're they're already going top 10 in their position. That's it. The Eagles, done. I think, I mean, that that was very efficient. You, you just, like, knocked that out <laughs> real good. Uh, the only things I would mention as well is Goddard is, I don't know, 
I'm maybe I'm just not on Goddard. I feel a little put off by him. I'm just not sure that with everyone else there, adding Swift concerns me for his target share because I think Swift is going to be used as long as he can stay healthy. Like you said, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be used very often in that passing game. And I think when you look at AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, I think they're locked in for targets. I think Swift comes in and if anyone's, if anyone's targets are on the, on the table for, for table scrap for, for Swift company, I think it's Dallas Goddard. Wholeheartedly agree. Cool. Uh, and yeah, I love the, I mean, the QB one hurts take. I, I think it's, it's just so there. Um, it's crazy to say. And like you said, I might, I might not even do it. Still, I think it's still Mahomes. If I'm like, especially in like a higher buy-in, league i think you're just taking the safety with mahomes and not banking on jalen hurts to get hurt because he's a rushing qb and it will happen more likely and he'll also just have a even being like four or five years younger than mahomes he'll do you think he'll have like a shorter shelf life than mahomes because i feel like he will i think his shelf life for fantasy is going to be shorter because mahomes has already shown the ability without some of those rushing yards to be the the qb one not a qb one when we see hurts like I don't know if you take the rushing away if he is still a possibility of being the QB1. If I don't have a lot of faith that a league is going to stick around in Dynasty, I might take Hurts and you know win my money. And then if the league folds, I'm not that beat up about it. But if I have faith that the league is going to stick around and play with a good group of guys, like it's an RPG league, then I'm taking Mahomes, letting it ride, and like just feeling the safety of knowing like one of my quarterbacks is set until he retires. Yeah, I don't know. I think the seeing Mahomes operate still at a high level with like a busted ankle, like with a literal high ankle sprain last year, really cemented him in for me of like, this dude's just, he's a baller and he's your baller for if the league exists in 10 years, he will still be your QB1. And he he added Kadarius Tony, so I don't know what else he needs. (laughs) So this shouldn't even be a conversation because he's got the best wide receiver in the league on his team. He's going as the wide receiver 38 in best ball. I, I don't know what everybody's doing. Come on. Jump in, guys. See, that's too low. I, I, I've I been – you've been slowly infecting me with the Kadarius Tony earworm. I, I went out and bought him in a couple yeah. leagues. Uh, it's crazy what you, like, what you have to give for him. It's not a lot. I gave yeah, – no. I gave – I'm a computing team. I gave like a second and a third. Gobbled him up. Easy. Easy. Gimme. My toy now. <laughs> okay well yeah i mean i think you're right I, I coming out of my mouth and immediately felt strange saying that the eagles were going to be fun to talk about there's not a lot to talk about they are all just what they are um they went up in value and now they're harder to get and they're all good pieces and you you want them you want to already have them you don't want to have to go yep. get or draft them i bought aj brown using like a bunch of draft picks and some other stuff then I had people reaching out be like, hey, can I grab A.J. Brown? I'll give you like two firsts for him. And I was like, nah, I'll just I'll just keep the wide receiver five. I'll just I'll just let the 25 year old that's good on my team be good on my team. Yeah, he's a solid hold. I, I've done the same thing. I have one team, uh, my RPG Goblins team. It was just a full strip down for me this offseason. I got rid of everything because the team was really bad. And I just needed mm. to acquire, acquire, acquire. I ended up with nine first round draft picks, which then I like dispersed and like gave away for other things and kind of accumulated some pieces there. All the while, 
day one, I had AJ Brown on that roster. And I was like, people were coming after me like, Oh, like you're, you're in full rebuild. Like, what do you want for AJB? And like, you know, he's my centerpiece. He will be on my team unless you want to give me some absurd offer that I would like die the next day if I didn't take it. Like it's just not going to happen. So yeah, I'm very much with you. He's, he's a centerpiece to, to a good dynasty team and not a lot you can give to go get him that the owner's going to be happy with. Which is a side note to some of the managers that are in the leagues. Like it's okay to have good players on your team. Like you can just keep them and enjoy them and then like have fun. I saw some of me like, go sell Garrett Wilson right now. His value is never going to be higher than this. It's like, yeah, because he's freaking awesome and it's fun to watch him play. And it could, and like not by much, but it, it could get higher. We don't know yet. He's, we know that he's very, very good. He got a huge like QB upgrade and that he's super young and talented. Like who yeah. knows? He, he's definitely outside of the Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase tier. I think they're by themselves, but for now it's happening all the time. Every single year, there's a tier yeah. breakdown and it increases by a number. Like, yep. who knows if that's going to be this year? Definitely could. Garrett Wilson could be one, two, three. Just keep the good players. It's okay. Have, have fun watching Jamar Chase score 200 freaking fantasy points in a game. Like enjoy the good players, but that's an aside because we're about to talk about a team with no good fantasy players. So would you like to lead us in? <laughs> that's a fantastic segue. I, I appreciate that. And, and yes, I would love to lead us into the Washington football team. Uh, I mean, the Washington commanders. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. The Washington team of football. Yeah, the Washington team of I still, my heart just aches for the Red Wolves or the Wolves or the Wolf Pack or something. That would have been so good. Then you get Sam Howell on your team and you could have had the Wolf Howell. Oh, Are you man. kidding oh. me? Oh, that's still like every time I think about the commanders, I think about that, that they could have, they were so close to greatness. So close. But okay. Yeah. Let's dive into it. Speaking of Howell. Yeah. He's the QB one, I guess. Uh, he's a fifth round drafted second year QB, right? So yep. yeah, he's got that uh, going for him and he is, Technically, still, I think, competing with Jacoby Brissett, who played average-ish football on the Browns uh, when he was filling in for Deshaun Watson. Uh, kind of always been that average-ish, can sort of rely on uh, backup QB guy. Uh, so between those two guys, I mean, I guess, like, do you want any of them even? Is that, like, like Brissett's going super late. Howell's going kind of high? Yeah. I... If I am doing a startup and I have to pick one of these players, I feel better taking Brissett later because it's almost like, you know, in round 27, what are you getting anyway? Like, let me just, maybe he turns into a quarterback for this year. Maybe he turns into a quarterback somewhere else next year. And then also, like, if I'm, is is this still Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron over in Washington right now? Yep. Or he get fired? Or nope, no, he's still there. It's still, he, Ron. Yep. <laughs> Eric, the enemy, directly underneath. Assistant head coach, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's not suspicious at all. That doesn't. Right. So that's the thing. If I want to win and keep my job, I'm playing Jacoby Brissett. There's nothing that Sam Howell showed me. There's nothing that Sam Howell's tape shit like. He's a fine quarterback prospect that 
if he was really that good, he would have been drafted earlier than the fifth round. So I, I lean Brissett at cost, but like if you give me one or the other in dynasty, like give me Howell just because I know somebody's going to believe in him somewhere. What do you think? I, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. And I'm starting to realize that we don't have a lot of debate on this show because we have a lot of similar takes, which is a little unfortunate, but we we'll, we'll find something to argue about. I'm sure one of these days, but I, I'm right there with you. I mean, Brissett, like I said, played serviceable football for the Browns. He's always played serviceable football. When you give him the ball, he's just not great. You don't want him as your starter. He can't win you a season, uh, but he can win you games and he can go out there and he can throw footballs to players. And, you know, we prefaced going into the to Washington Commanders that they don't have any good players. They have Terry McLaurin, and they have Jahan Dotson, and he's okay. Uh, yeah. So I kind of like their top two wide receivers, at least. Curtis Samuel was something for, like, four or five games. Um, so they yeah. have a, a couple of wide receivers there. that It's not the worst core in the league, right? I think that we can mm. definitively say that's the Giants, uh, <laughs> or somewhere <laughs> around there is the Giants. Yeah, uh, I think the yeah. commies have have a little bit of a better wide receiver core here. And I would much rather Brissett throw them the football because I'm right there with you. I don't think Howell, he can maybe come out there and before teams get used to him, maybe he can have a couple games. I do not see him as the year-long starter for the commanders. No, I, I think there's going to be a lot of change back and forth. I think it's going to be annoying. And I think it's it's just really a team that I want to stay away from because you want that like for some reason this is like a hot take but like you want the receivers with good quarterbacks I, that seems very simple i never thought about that that's that's smart but like start doing that yeah but then you're you're staring down you're like do i want mike evans or quentin johnston and you're like well mike evans is 100 years old and catching passes from a washed up or a second round pick but quentin johnston's getting Kellen more often so I've been a not a QJ guy this whole time, and I've I've been flag planted not a QJ guy, but I I'd, I'd probably take QJ there over Mike Evans, unfortunately, yeah. as good as Mike Evans is. Um, but getting back to the Commanders, I mean, it, it's yep. easy to gravitate away from them because they're just not <laughs> there's not a lot of good stuff to talk about with them. Uh, briefly mentioned Terry McLaurin. I think it's safe to say he's pretty quarterback proof. We've seen him with a litany of bad QBs and he's always been a wide receiver too. And I think people were feeling a little hopeful and taking him as like a borderline wide receiver, one upper wide receiver two last year, uh, maybe even the year before that. And I just don't think that's what he is. You, you, if you draft him in, in a rookie draft, like when you got him in like the third round, oh yeah, you're so stoked on life. Like that was, that was great. You're riding high. But if you're doing doing a startup or trying to acquire him, he seems a little uh, like unacquirable because people know he's good, even though he's on a putrid offense. And I I think he's just one of those guys where you ride or die with him. He if he's on your team, great. If not, forgettable. Yeah. The issue with Terry McLaurin, two things for Dynasty. One, he's like weirdly old for his class. Like he's 27 and he's only been in the league for what three or four years. So he came out as a 23 year old and then two like if you go back through his game log for last year it's wide receiver 27 wide receiver 37 wide receiver 24 wide receiver 80 wide receiver 27 wide receiver 46 like it's this back and forth this ping pong thing because it's just an absolute like act of god if he gets a catchable pass 
like the heavens have opened up and somebody shifts the air so that the ball finally lands in his hands. And you're like, there we go. There's his one big catch of the day. And I just don't want receivers that need that to catch the ball. It's so sad because he's so good. It's so obvious that he's good. But he gets those yeah. catches that are just like, wow. And he gets thrown a, an a, uncatchable pass and he still reels it in. Yep. It's just like, man, he's one of those guys where if he just got put with any sort of yep. adequately good QB, he could be so, so good. And so unfortunate that he came into the league late because, like you said, now he's now he's up there. And he's going to be 28 next year. My other concern, and I actually just like thought about this while we're looking at what else we're going to talk about, but I guess we can blend them together. When a team takes a first-round wide receiver, that's showing that there's going to be some very stiff target competition in the offense. Jahan Dotson is very good at football and had more touchdowns when they were on the field together, was on pace for similar, if not more, targets while they were on the field together. And that was as a rookie. And now entering year two, like receivers take a big jump in year two, and especially in year three. If these two continue to be on the same team with a bad offense, it's each week is going to feel like you're trying to pick the right guy. And it's, I don't know if I can pick right. And I like to do this a lot. So best ball targets is basically what it sounds like. It sounds like you want these guys in best ball. If anything, if anything is the right, (laughs) the big asterisk there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel you. Um, I also kind of talking about it. It even sort of screams to me more that, I mean, Curtis Samuel could even have weeks. So it might just be every other week is a different guy <laughs> that could definitely happen. Um, and oh, like, man. besides those three guys, I mean, I, I wrote on here just because it was like a fun, uh, the who pun, but I wrote, it's a TE wasteland, like teenage wasteland. I kind of thought that was yeah. a little funny. And that was good. But also I, I chuckled, but also sad, but true because like, <laughs> what is, what is this? What is it here? Because it sucks. I told you that I only looked up, camp hype for these teams and there's only one team that had camp hype from this week the washington commanders and it's eric the enemy he had two things to say one he's a little turned on by gibson he's like wow you have a converted wide receiver playing running back here why haven't we been using him to catch passes and everyone's like yeah no no crap thanks big guy two they want to run more 12 personnel and they want to use their tight ends in the passing game this so I went I went back and I looked at the tight ends on the roster. I looked at who can catch passes because it's John Bates, Logan Thomas, and Amani Rogers. Armani Rogers. If I remember right. So Logan Thomas, Virginia Tech, Go Hokies, absolute stud. When he's healthy, best tight end in the league. No questions. No, but he's he's super old and he's probably he'll be fine for this year, maybe. But if they do start funneling tight ends the ball, we really want to find who is going to stick around in that offense. And I want to say there's also there's another one that's not even listed on Sleeper. So I was going through Sleeper right now. John Bates is a blocker. All mm-hmm. he does is he's just sixth offensive lineman. He's going to push the pile for you. I have to go back and scroll through this. What's this guy's name? Cole Turner. Good receiving profile out of college. Looks like he can catch passes. And if one of these guys is going to be the guy moving forward, it's Cole Turner. But that's what, like tight end 24? I don't 
care that much. Right. I I think that's the the crux of it. Is yeah, <laughs> just whatever tight end manages to scrape out some work here. Like, what can you really get excited for? Personally, I if anyone gun to your head, you're in a three tight end league, or you're in RPG Goliaths where it start eight tight ends, uh, and it's like a plus five yep. premium for for tight end catches. Yeah. Um, I'd probably lean Logan Thomas. I actually I liked him when he was three years younger and a converted QB and is like insanely athletic converted QB. So like you imagine he's intelligent enough and he has, he hasn't absorbed as much uh, damage as like a normal, you know, 10 year starting tight end would. Uh, But he's old now and he's had a couple of, he had a ACL tear, I believe the year before last. And, and, and an Achilles. Oh, and that's the killer. That's the killer. That's literally why they call it that because it slayed Achilles, the greatest warrior in Trojan history. And there you go. We're all done. So you went on Cole Turner. Are we doing this? This is a Cole Turner pod. Cole Turner pod. Uh, yeah. If it's going to be anyone, <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be Cole freaking Turner, I guess. Uh, I don't see any, there's literally nothing else. I'm looking now. There's literally nothing else. Yeah. Who's her? Who's Curtis Hodges? They have I, that guy. I don't know. I also just clicked Armar, Armari, Armani. I'm sorry to this human being if you're listening. Uh, he tore his Achilles just now. So are they just addicted to taking guys that tear their Achilles? Is that what's happening? I I need to talk to the commander's training staff because clearly they're not treating Achilles injuries correctly. Uh, Curtis. Okay. Okay. Hold up. Curtis Hodges. Is six eight two forty five. I'm in. <laughs> Let's do it. Curtis Hodges all in. <laughs> undrafted, uh, but, undrafted, I believe. Yeah. Uh, big takeaway here, guys, is if you're going to take anybody, take the two hot wide receivers. Oh, sorry. The other part of the camp news. Are, are we done with tight ends? I kind of want to be done with tight ends. I hate them normally, and I really hate the commanders ones. Don't know why we talked about it for so long, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> I think I started ranting because I just got really excited that I figured out that there might be a tight end worth starting in two tight end leagues, which is just premium, premium content for the people. I hope you all love this at home. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the content. That's what the people come for the RPG podcast for, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. Vizzy, if you're listening, this is what you could sponsor right now. <laughs> But uh, the other piece of camp hype was Antonio Gibson saying like, hey, he can catch passes. Like, I, it's weird to me that it took a coach coming in and being like, yeah, this guy can do it. Like, it's like they had a Lamborghini in the garage and they didn't realize where the keys were. But this might be the first time that we disagree. Like, would you rather have Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson in Dynasty right now? I don't want either <laughs> but gun to my head uh Arp, if for your rb4 rb4 i'm taking gibson okay yeah i i what if it's like your rb2 mm, i probably lean more robinson in that case because the chances are he's probably going to be fed the ball more in terms of just straight carries probably yep. but man that gibson upside is just still so tantalizing even though we've seen it kind of collapse having yep. eric the enemy there like uh, maybe 
yeah. maybe something like that. You can you can feel yourself hoping again um, because he's a great athlete and he's like been compared to like Christian McCaffrey sometimes, getting sort of electric, like out of the backfield, catching passes. But uh, uh, it's such a pipe dream at this point. Um, yeah, I think that's actually spot on of a comparison. Like RB2, if you need someone, if you just like went zero RB, you need someone that you think will probably be sort of stable just volume wise probably ryan robinson but if you are looking for an rb4 that can potentially be still kind of home runny then i i think i'm still on gibson i i think this year will be very telling there's a history where when coaches come in the role that players have kind of like it it's not the same role that they're going to have in the new system so that's part of the reason i'm so worried about the cowboys it's part of the reason that i am so excited about the uh I was about to say Bills because the Giants are the new Bills and Daniel Jones Ooh. is the new Josh Allen, as we oh, all know. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, That's, that should that be Jones. the episode title. <laughs> Daniel Jones is the new Josh Allen. Uh, <laughs> and Dalvin Cook to the Cowboys. But when we talk about the roles that these running backs are going to have, like Brian Robinson was kind of viewed as this plotter. He's just going to like – he'll give you three yards, three yards, three yards. At the end of the day, he's going to give you 18 carries – for 75 yards and maybe he gets a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Brian Robinson can catch passes out of the backfield and he might not have looked explosive last year, but that's because he was recovering from a gunshot wound. Yeah. Remember when he got shot <laughs> in the, like it was in the preseason. Like he literally, like yeah. he got shot, he took a month and then he walked out to many men, which will forever be the coldest moment in sports ever. And for that reason, I, if it's RB2, if it's RB4, I don't care. I want Brian Robinson. I think the explosiveness could come back a little bit this year because I think if I remember right, he got shot. It was like the quad or the glute or something like something that you very much need to run. So give him a full off season, give him a full training regimen. I think Brian Robinson could own this backfield if Gibson keeps fumbling the ball and fumbling opportunities. Is Brian Robinson the 50 cent of football? Yes, but harder. That could be the show. <laughs> that could be it. Uh, just trying to name the pod on the pod. <laughs> yeah, I love doing that. That's my thing. Do you have? Yeah, I know. Do you have any other thoughts on the Commanders on the NFC East? Anything else? Um, it 
it makes me a little concerned with any team that isn't the Eagles that they have to play the Eagles twice. And I think the Eagles defense is going to be somehow scarier than last year. Uh, because they the, make the, mad. the rich just get richer and they get freaking Jalen Carter and Noah, uh, Nolan Smith and a litany of good defensive players. They drafted the entire Georgia defense. So that makes me a little upset. Um, other than that, uh, on the commander specifically, no, I've had it. I'm done, <laughs> I'm done talking about them. I feel the same way yep. as after I talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for too long. I just feel gross yep. inside, like I need to take a couple showers. Yep. I uh, I was really, we started real strong, like Cowboys, Giants, Eagles. It's like, man, there's, there's exciting things. There's good things to talk about. And then it's like, hey, Sam Howell? Could be thoughts? There's just nothing. It's really a steep cliff. Yeah, we were like ramping up, like on a roller coaster. Literally, it was like Cowboys, Giants, Eagles. Oh. Commander. Quick one. Chase Young. You think he gets traded? I hope so, and I hope it's to the Seahawks. I hope it's to the Steelers. <sighs> I'll fight you for him. I Seahawks are just Steelers West, and Steelers are just Seahawks East, so. Handshake. Yeah. We'll, we'll flip a coin, see who gets them. I love it. That sounds good. It, yeah. it, feels, it feels good to say that, too, because it feels like we never have to really play each other. And when we do, it's like, you know, it was a great game, hard-fought win, but there's no, there's never, like, hard feeling. Like, after the Ravens and the Steelers play, I'm, like, oh, yeah. texting my buddy from Maryland. I'm, like, we, we got you. We got you. Like, we have your number. Lamar Jackson will never be anything in this league. And then, like, Geno Smith will throw a couple passes, and I'm, like, oh, that, you know, good for them. I hope they do well. <laughs> I feel I'm the same way with my Rams friends. Anyone that cheers for yeah. the Rams, I'm just like, yo, what's up? <laughs> Rams house, huh? How about Hawks house? <laughs>